Welcome to the Whole Self Podcast, where we talk about various mental health topics with an emphasis on the body, mind, and spirit connection. Our goal is to empower our listeners with the knowledge and tools needed to embark on their own healing journey. A gentle reminder that this podcast is not a substitute for therapy, and we encourage you to seek out your own therapy if needed. Hi, welcome to the Whole Self Podcast. I'm Sharon Wegman. And I'm Kate Byler. And today we're going to be talking about what is an emotionally unhealthy parent. We've been talking about that a lot in my office recently. Mm. I feel like it's the buzzword right now. Yeah. And today we're we're kind of identifying what it looks like mm-hmm. to have an emotionally unhealthy parent. So we're just naming it for you. Right. So we're just going to give you kind of like the symptoms of it and maybe what you've experienced from a parent um, that is emotionally unhealthy growing up or even in your interactions with them as an adult child. Um, just as helpful to first, in our part one, get a glance of what you're actually experiencing because part of the things we like to do with our podcast is validate what you're experiencing and then help gives you and help give you tactics afterwards. So part two will be coming. Right. So let's define what is an emotionally unhealthy parent first. Um, someone who's never really worked through their own childhood or past wounds and they often justify why they didn't need to do that Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll have people who come in here who have parents who've been through ridiculous crazy abuse (laughs) and have never worked through any of it and it comes out in how they relate to their children whatever age they are yeah and and those people it takes a lot of for me, at least, it takes a good amount of sessions for them to realize that they've actually been wounded and it has affected them. And so these uh, emotionally unhealthy parents also probably have very limited, because of that, they have very limited emotional language because they were never probably given the space or tools even to say they're sad or that they were hurt or feeling ashamed. So if if they don't have the emotion if your parent doesn't have that emotional language they're going to have a hard time sitting with you and communicating in in your hard times right so in addition to having those past wounds and the inability to deal with pain they also might have modeled a lot of unhealthy behaviors mm-hmm. and a lot of unhealthy communication because they never had it modeled to them. Right. So there's a lot of addictions, a lot of numbing, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of inability to successfully navigate difficult conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so one of the things that we see is lots of parents who rationalize why mm-hmm. they never had to deal with it or why they didn't deal with it. Right. So I'm sure we've all heard this in some way shape or form from our parents that they did it better than their parents right right and and to be fair there's probably a little bit of truth to that like each generation you know try to do better in raising kids in the last one but that doesn't justify the hurt (laughs) that is still going on so you might hear like something like well my parents never took me on vacation or 
you never saw your grandfather father me growing up. It was bad, right? Right. So maybe what we see a lot of times is people who were very physically abused by their parents shift to the opposite direction mm. of no boundaries yeah. or very enabling in their behavior. Right. So it's not that you're they're not doing the abusive behavior, but they're literally going to the other end of the spectrum and not creating health either. For sure, for sure. Okay, so another one that often happens is pride, um, mm-hmm. which is not willing to admit that they might have made mistakes or did wrong by their children. And usually there's a they'll give you a long list of what they have done. Right. To justify the fact that they're ta- <laughs> that they didn't deal with something or they didn't they might have made mistakes but look at what I did do right right because remember the point of this is that the parent cannot cope with the hard emotion that mm-hmm. they did something wrong so they are not able to so being able to say sorry means we are being accountable to ourselves that we did something wrong and that never feels good right but if we if we're an emotionally unhealthy parent we have a really hard time stomaching that so we zoom past that and and choose to not apologize or like you said make a long list of the things we're doing right right and so then what that's basically doing is we have an inability to apologize Mm -hmm. in the parent-child relationship because we're using all of the things that we do do right as a means to justify not giving an apology. Right. And then we're just never fixing the behavior that's actually happening over and over again. Um, Or some parents will just be unwilling to see where they're falling short in their unhealthy or harmful behaviors Mm -hmm. because, again, they have all of this pride that's evidencing all the things that they do right. And so that pride really is a big problem in their relationship with their child, how, however old their child is, because they never experience a parent who's willing to admit they're wrong or willing to make changes. Right, exactly. And then we just have tucked away in here, too, that it's, it's that general statement of like, well, this is how everyone's been doing it. Why would we change? Why would we change the system, essentially, right? right. I like, grew up like this, and I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> I hear that a lot. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just, it, it, it's again, it's that, like, protective barrier to not deal with our own hard emotions that we, as parents, make mistakes and we hurt our kids. Absolutely. So another way that we don't know that we actually have people identify this, but we'll mm-hmm. have people who are avoiders. Mm-hmm. And they means that means they're just uncomfortable with feelings in general. Anything right. that's negative. They're yeah. also uncomfortable with positive as well. True. I would say that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But so they kind of stay in the numb zone. Yeah. Um, they, they work a lot. They stay busy. Right. They're focused on tasks. Yeah. And they just avoid emotional connection. The conversation is very fact-based. Yeah. Information-based as opposed to emotional connection, positive or negative. Yeah. And I think what the first point in the beginning of, of a, that person or that parent working a lot, you'll probably find that in avoiders a lot because it, it gives them something to do and it keeps... It, it provides a protective barrier from them emotionally getting in, in touch with their family that they need to because they're constantly task-oriented. 
Okay, so another type of avoider is more like somebody who's like fantasy based. Mm. And they only deal with emotions that are positive. <laughs> they they put yes. a silver lining on everything. Yeah. So I mean, what would that even look like? It's uh the Hallmark channel. Yeah. <laughs> Living in fantasy, lots of uh, Hallmark Channel type of things. But even if, like, I'm trying to think if, like, a kid, if your kid comes up to you and says, I had a really bad day today, you know, they might be that parent. It's like, I'm sorry I had a bad day. Well, at least you get to come home and have your favorite meal. Yes. Right? Like, just like, that doesn't take away the pain your kid experienced. And you're not actually comforting them. Yeah, and so even if a, if a child is upset with, you know, that parent letting them down, that parent is doing all of the things to try and make them feel yeah. good. Because they can't deal with negative about themselves. Right. So right. they're avoiding the hard emotions, but they might be very hypervigilant and saying, I love you and hugging and kissing. Mm-hmm. But they can't actually do the hard emotions. Right. They're, they're, these avoiders are fairly okay with the happy emotions. Too, too okay. <laughs> so this emotionally unhealthy parent really cannot stomach something negative, a negative emotion. Uh-huh. Just me, negative emotion meaning they're not fun to feel. It doesn't mean they're bad. That's right. And so they, they have to cover it up somehow because it's almost like, it's like they want to crawl out of their skin. Ugh. Yeah, and <laughs> when so they hear it. Right, they're pleasers. Mm-hmm. They want to push the conversation to uh, anything that's positive. Yeah, because um, they can't they can't deal with that and, negative. And we all know that's not what we need all the time is po- positivity. Right, we need somebody who can set boundaries and be okay, and be okay with receiving boundaries mm-hmm. and be able to have hard conversations because life is not all good. No. Okay, now we're going to hit a very sensitive topic, and mm-hmm. that is the religious avoiders. Uh, they have uh, religious excuses mm-hmm. that cover up the fact that they haven't worked on their stuff. Right. What does that look like? Well, I mean, the biggest thing that I come across with in a lot of the sessions with my clients is a lot of parents trying to cover things up by saying, pray about it, or even giving them just a Bible verse. And yes. I think that that's a very generic one that Christians come across is like, well, have you prayed about it? Right. And even that can feel shaming in itself because what if we are praying about it and we're still depressed, right? And so it's it's that idea that like I can't sit with your depression, you know, if you pray about it, it'll, it'll just get better. Right. Um, so it's applying religious things to emotional problems mm-hmm. and and i uh, i'm faith-based so mm-hmm. the reality of it is i do believe there's a spiritual component absolutely to, since we're body soul and spirit to healing mm-hmm. but it's just one component right there's emotional work that needs to be done there's patterns that need to be changed mm-hmm. in how we re- there's the learning how to communicate about hard things so right. sometimes we'll have people say, it's all under the blood, I've prayed about it, mm-hmm. I'm okay, I've been healed. Right. Mm-hmm. I just thought of one too, like, 
if it's God's will and like God's will might be something terrible you went through like that is just really damaging to a lot of our clients is like God God actually doesn't want you to suffer right and and so it's just not being able again to sit with a hard story a hard thing that has happened to us as Christians and just kind of push it over yeah all right so now that we have you triggered from your <laughs> we religious do. we're all triggered too <laughs> so how does an emotionally unhealthy parent behave when you have a tough conversation with them when you introduce a difficult emotion to them mm. i feel like some of this will correlate hopefully with what we would just explain but like you know, again, minimize, well, at least, or you never went through this, again, because they can't sit with you and create that space to just be in this moment. I would say most of us, when we're talking about something hard, are not asking to be fixed or have the problem be fixed. So hearing something is like, well, at least you never did this or you never went through what I went through is a very minimizing statement. Yes. Oh, if I heard that a hundred times. Maybe. Right, and it feels like we just have to fix it and then kind of, in so many words, like man up and just move on then. Right. Um, dismissing what you're experiencing from your parents um, is another way that shows that that person is not able to handle a hard mm-hmm. emotion mm-hmm. because that's not their heart. That's not what I'm doing. Um, that's not true. That's not what happened. Mm. I think what parents need to understand is just because you didn't intend to do it doesn't yeah. mean that's how the other person experienced right, it. Right, right, right. And so dismissing is just owning that I didn't want to do that. I, I mean, tr- opposite of dismissing mm-hmm. is saying I didn't want to do that, but I can recognize that I did that. Right. But an emotionally unhealthy parent can't recognize that. No. no. Yes. And the next one, um, I would say you might find this under the, the pride section that we went to, is flipping it back on you. Again, this emotionally unhealthy parent can't stomach that they might have been the one in the wrong. So they have to include you in it as well. Right. <laughs> there has to be, you know, you have to be at fault in some way too as the child. So that might like, well, you did this, right? So I don't know. I'm thinking of a very generic example of like, Maybe you lose your temper on your child, you get angry, or you say something you regret, and instead of apologizing, you say, well, you did disobey me, (laughs) right? You did stomp up the stairs, so if you didn't do that, I probably wouldn't have cursed at you. Right, exactly. Um, As that pride piece of not being willing to admit, it doesn't matter what this other person did, I did something wrong. Right. And just even, so we call it like the flipping the tables, like you're com- you're coming to the parent with one thing mm-hmm. and then suddenly it's all about you. Right. What? What, what just right. happened? Right. That's again, that parent's inability mm-hmm. to deal with that hard thing. Right. Um, sometimes you'll have parents that lie a lot or say what they think you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't want that. <laughs> And it doesn't feel good when we're experiencing it. No. And we can feel the difference between real apology mm-hmm. and 
false just telling us what we want to hear. Mm -hmm. So that would look like, sure, I can stop doing that. But then they keep doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's just some kind of radical excuse as to why they did what they did. Um, I didn't tell you this, but... Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? What? (laughs) Right. So, again, it's, it's just a lot of false words. Right. And, and I think in, an emotionally mature parent can say, I'm going to try to stop doing that, but th- it's going to be hard for me. I might, I might struggle, right? Like right. this is something that's difficult for me, um, in how I speak or like I'm, I might have to get extra help, you know? And so just being honest with your kid when they're on an age that they can understand that co- type of conversation with you, that's the emotionally healthy parent. Right. Um, and then another thing, what that would, might also look like is I'm, I say I'm sorry, but there's no change in behavior. Mm-hmm. So, like, we just want to put that out there. As therapists, I, we do not accept sorry mm-hmm. as change. Right. <laughs> it is the first step in change. Yeah, yeah. And so I think a, most of society believes if someone says they're sorry, we should forgive them. But true a p- true repentance is turning the opposite direction and doing the opposite thing. Mm-hmm. And so true apology involves a change of behavior on a consistent basis, not for the two-week time frame that most people can hold good behavior. Exactly, yeah. Our last point for this for this section is also we are calling it hysteria <laughs> because I know I've experienced this a lot with my clients we've had to talk through things is when you say to a parent that's emotionally unhealthy something is bothering you or maybe you're trying to be honest with them about how they hurt you they immediately start crying and they're like maybe they'll say something which is quite frankly manipulative if I'm honest like oh I'm such a bad mother and then they're crying and like "I, I can't believe I've been such a bad mother to you and then what does the child have to feel in that moment is now I have to take care of mom and make sure she knows she's not a good mother anymore. Like that, or that she is a good mother. <laughs> that you're taking care of her emotions. So, again, she can't, he or she, the parent in that position, can't stomach the fact that you're coming to them with an issue. And so they're making it about them. Mm-hmm. And now you have to take care of them. Right, and the hysteria generally comes from those fantasy avoiders that we talked about Mm -hmm. because they can't handle hard and they melt into tears immediately and they they literally cannot endure that conversation. Right. Because they're young. Right. Um, And so it's very difficult to continue to say hard things to someone who's crying hysterically and saying those hard things. So Mm -hmm. they literally use that as a means to stop it. Right. So again, those points are are what you'll experience in a conversation with an emotionally immature parent. Right. So all of these different signs, mm-hmm. behaviors, examples, right. go back to the fact that the parent is unable to handle big or hard emotions because they haven't worked on their own big and hard emotions from their childhood. Right. They can't parent their children because they themselves become small and childlike in the face of hard feelings because they do not know how to deal with them, them meaning the hard feelings. Yeah. So often 
I will ask my clients who are dealing with parents like this, how old do you experience your parents when they're doing that? And they might say eight, you mm-hmm. know, or 15 or right. 12. And that's because that's where there's a lot of wounding in mm-hmm. that child and they're stuck there when it gets when they get when it gets hard. Right. And and knowing that about the parent you're communicating with actually can be very freeing. It is. Because then you know how to communicate with them better and you kind of know what to expect. You know the expectation in the in in what the conversation is about to hold and you're not feeling let down every time. Yeah, it's really helpful to really name it and I'll have clients who years later, I mean, I had somebody just say this to me recently. I still think of that time that you said my mother was 10. I still think about it. <laughs> right. Great. That's amazing because I that always helps reframe what is going on right now. Right. What can we expect from a 10-year-old emotionally and what I'm bringing to them? And, and so I would say if you're a parent and you want to become more aware, you've realized, wow, maybe I'm a little emotionally unhealthy. Maybe when your child comes with you, comes to you with a hard conversation or conflict, ask yourself, like, how old do you feel in that moment? Because that's where your healing can start, too. It's, it's not like we're saying this and you can never get healed. If you're willing to be aware, then, right. then you, you, you can do better. Absolutely. So if you're a parent and you're triggered... <laughs> Listen, go to therapy. Step two, and on the other side of that, if you're the adult child or the child and you're listening to this podcast and you're triggered in our next podcast, yes. we're going to be talking about strategies to deal with emotionally unhealthy parents. Yes. Yeah, so hopefully this list kind of helped you identify if you are dealing with an emotionally unhealthy parent. And maybe just validate that you, when you leave those conversations feeling confused and crazy, you're not crazy. Yes. <laughs> it just means your parent really can't handle the hard things you're wanting them to hear. Right. And it, it can look like all the ways we just stated. So you can find us on Instagram at Whole Self Therapist. We're also on Facebook, but we put a lot more material on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so you can be sure to follow our podcast. As of today, you're like, wow, I need to listen to this. So make sure you listen to part two. So follow our podcast mm-hmm. and share it with a friend if you found it helpful. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. Any resources or links from today's episode can be found in our show notes. Original music in this episode is by Christopher Burkholder.